Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and, it sounds uh, like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love, uh, you know, creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be able to create more Spurs Spurs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please head to patreon.com slash a bit Uh The more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. <laughs> so let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at abitspursy.com. Uh, there is a long, a long, uh, a long road, a long path in, in front of us. It's important to, to don't be scared. Tottenham topple the champions of day one. Wow! He's taken the cover off that. A splendid goal from Son Heung-min, which gets Spurs off to a fly. Hello and welcome to a bit Spursy for another week. Uh, my name is Barney. I'm Dad. <laughs> and uh, we have two games to talk about. Uh, it's been a... How long has it been since we've released an episode? I'm not sure. It's not that long. No. It's, um, it was, it's just over a week, really. It was after the Brighton game. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. So, But it, feels, it does feel like it's been a long time. I, I guess we did have you know, a couple of weeks without any games. Mm. Then we came back and we had three games within basically a week. Yeah. Almost. So time has expanded. Mm, and also mm. when we lose, time expands even more. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it seems like longer and longer that mm. the pain lasts for. Exactly. Yeah, I feel uh, exactly like that. And in these two fixtures after losing to Southampton, I was like, it's okay because there's another game um, very soon. But then we lost that. And now <laughs> uh, there is a wait until the next game, which is Manchester City. So, oh, boy. <laughs> Is the theme. <laughs> is, the, is the vibe. I do love that idea of, yeah, when you do lose, it's like, don't worry, three games, sorry, three days, we've got another game, mm-hmm. we can bounce back, everything yep. will be fine. Then you lose again. Yep. And suddenly then, you know, the, the whole fan base is like, the season's done. <laughs> yeah. It's all over. It's all done. Nothing will be as bad as my friend Tim, who's been on this podcast uh, very early in the season. Chelsea drew with Southampton. Um and we were watching it at the pub and he turned to me, this is like five games in and goes, season's gone after it, after the game was over. And I was like, dude, there's so <laughs> much time. And he was like, no, nope, that's it. We needed to win that. That's it. I was like, oh man, like, I don't think so. Um, but uh, yeah, since then he uh, has not relented on that. So, yeah. well, you know, stick to your guns. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> It's something as well, like, and this has been the case, I think, over the last couple of seasons, pretty much since the pandemic started, mm. that there are so many up and down results that so many different teams are having. Yeah. And it's like, you really only need a run of a couple of games mm. to then get back into sort of contention for fourth. Yeah. Realistically. Because I mean, yeah. like Conte obviously came in and we were undefeated in what, nine, nine, ten? Mm. Yep. Um, and then we've lost a couple on the trot now, but it, it's far from over. We've still got a couple of games in hand on some of these other teams. Mm. And 
I know it might be dangerous to say that because we've lost a you know a couple of the games that we haven't we had in hand anyway. But like, <laughs> it's not that bad. I really don't think it's as bad as it's all being made out to be. Oh yeah, um, yeah. nothing's that bad nothing. apart from world <laughs> atrocities. <laughs> but it's um. I think, you know, the fan base is just so impatient at the moment mm. and it's almost like we viewed Conte as coming in and, oh, he's going to fix everything instantly uh, and it's all going to be fine in three three days' time. Even though Conte comes out himself and he says, hey, everyone, we need patience. Yeah. We need patience. Uh, the main transfer window is going to be in the summer. We need patience. Mm. This is going to be a process. Mm. Chill out. Uh, but then everyone's like, well, not back in Conte. But it's like, <laughs> if you're going to say that, you need to listen to Conte. Yeah. And if he says, let's have patience, let's have some patience. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it's also just so fueled by uh, the media. I would like to actually make an announcement. The Athletic is dead. <laughs> it's dead. Unsubscribe. <laughs> it's dead. I saw an article the other day that was like, um, Conte calls for patience, but will he have any? I was like, <laughs> what? Like. <laughs> He's calling for patience. What? So then he's going to be like, I know I asked for patience, but see ya. And it's yeah. like playing into, you know, the anxieties of Spurs fans where he's come here. It's so bad. Daniel Levy's so difficult to deal with that he's just going to, you know, like not even having had a season, be like, nah, screw this, I'm done. Yeah. Which just, if you just think about Conte, the man that Conte is, where he wants to take on big challenges and and you know win uh, from the like the lowest possible point and you know it's all about like uh, suffering and um, working. Imagine if that person turned around and went mm, too hard. <laughs> and, no, I'm going to go get the job at PSG. Too hard. Like that's just not going to. He's not going to do that um, if he doesn't get what he wants in the transfer window. And he's very vocal about it and stuff. Maybe he'll do that. But I just don't think after a few bad results, he'll be like, player's bad, bye. Like, I'm walking yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Antonio's leaving. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what? It's not going to be like that. No. That damages his reputation as well. Like it, it, that is going to have knock-on effects. If he, like, if he doesn't get what he wants in the summer window, if he has demands there and then Spurs are like, hmm, no, we'll get you Ward Prowse, you know, like <laughs> then sure, I understand because then his reputation is not damaged. But right now it would be terrible for him to do that or until the end of the season, terrible for him to do that. Oh, totally. And you would, you're right. Like people would look at Conte and be like, hey, dude, <laughs> this is on you. Mm. Like if you're leaving now, yeah. this is on you. And it's like he doesn't even seem in these press conferences that he is lying or covering things up. No. He just doesn't seem that flustered. No. After the, uh, in the you know, the last two games, like he seemed very calm mm. and he's like, and he keeps saying, I told everyone we need our patience. We're like a long way from where we need to be. We mm. need to have patience. Yeah. And the vibe I'm getting from is that like, he is not. So I guess comparing him to like Nuno seemed to be someone who kept changing things so drastically from game to game and it was just it, it was almost a very panic mode of like well this isn't working oh my gosh let's change it up completely because we need a result we need a result we need a result mm. Conte it seems like he's got an idea of how he, he well he doesn't have an idea we know that he he very specifically has you know um down to the minute minute smallest detail uh demands of how we should play and he's going to keep the you know keep the team heading towards that mm. he's talked about us needing to suffer 
So it's like he would rather us, I think, you know, end up losing some games, but working towards his strict philosophy rather than throw that all out the window to try and then somehow just get a result and panic really sort of short term and do that. Yeah. And it's like overall, I think you have to step back and look at this from like a wider sort of perspective and be like, you know what? That is the best thing that we can do now is work to an overall philosophy and identity that the team knows how to play. So then when we do have players out, players are coming in and they know that specific role because that's how we're playing. Mm. And we're going down that path rather than such a reactionary um, way of playing, which I feel like we played under Nuno, under Jose, mm. um, you know, in the last couple of years. Totally. Um, and that's uh, great lead into my approach to uh, the last two games has been to think about and, and, and sort of, I guess over the last month or so is to think about this season, the same as 14, 15 Pochettino, where we, uh, to quote, um, was it Gattuso? Maybe good, maybe shit. Like, you know, like, you know, there was, there was this, like, we would do good things and then we would lose three uh, nil to Liverpool. And then we do something else good. And then we would lose to, we draw with Burnley when we shouldn't have. Mm. Um, and there was an inconsistency as the team, as he was transitioning the team into his team and uh, as the team learnt how how he and Jesus Perez and the rest of his team wanted them to play. And that's, I figure, what's happening at the moment. Like, if this is the same level that we're getting a month into the next season, uh, yeah, I'll be concerned. <laughs> but, like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, well, and especially on that point, we'll have a full preseason mm-hmm. with with Conte there, which is going to be very, very important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, and, and that's what we've kind of like heard a lot of people saying that like, you know, Conte loves to be prepared in preseason. He really, really values that. So he kind of, you know, puts more pressure on his transfers to be done earlier yep. um, rather than left left to the last minute when it comes to, um, you know, the, the preseason window. So... Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's like, you know, if we're still playing like this, you know, a few months into next season, sure, there would be some concerns there because that would have been, you know, close to like 10 months to a year mm. of Conte sort of trying to get this method across. And if he can't get that across, then there's going to be some problems. Totally. But at the moment, it's really, we're not that far into his tenure at all. Mm, mm. I think uh, one of the most uh, damaging things that... Um, uh, our beloved Pochettino did when he left is that he, uh, well, <laughs> he didn't leave. He got fired. Um, but, <laughs> uh, was when he said the team needs a painful rebuild, right? Which was true. hundred percent true. Definitely. He was right. Now what's happened is that quote has been, uh, sucked into the mouths of every single, I've got really anti-journalist on this podcast. <laughs> and then like, shouted from the rooftops about Tottenham's painful rebuild before any kind of rebuild was even happening. It was Mm. already being shouted about this rebuild and we're in a rebuilding phase. And it's like, well, (laughs) rebuilds take time. uh, And if we are to, if we're in one right now, then it's still going. They can take a long time. And I understand the frustration of, you know, myself included fans feeling like, well, we got so close to you know champions league final we got so close to the premier league and we didn't do it and now we're back in the doldrums of trying to build up a team again and to... we also had an fa cup final under potch as well right 
uh, Carabao or whatever it was called then. Oh, Carabao. I thought we made the FA Cup final one once. Did we? I don't think we did. I thought we lost to like Man U or something. What? It could have been pre-Poch. Maybe it was pre-Poch. Yeah. So many finals we've lost. We're just yeah. trying to... Yeah. They're just, they're just all muddled in there. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I... You know, like, it's happening right now. So I understand the frustration, but at the same time, I'm like, well, <laughs> just go along for the ride in terms of, like, it's... Uh, it's still a work in progress. And I think the fear is that because there's not, you know, with Chelsea, when Chelsea finished 10th, there were, it was like, well, next year they'll be fine. And they were, they won the league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with Spurs, it's like, who knows what we're going to be like next year? Yeah. I, we, we don't know. We, like we had this little period of, of success and that's over. And now we're in this weird phase where we've had Mourinho, we've had uh, Nuno, um, and now we've got Conte and it's like, well, is this going to, are we going to bounce back? Who knows? Mm. Um, but it's much better to just sit in a who knows rather than like, if we don't bounce back, I'm going to bloody, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to go up to the skywalk and I'm going to kick that cockerel in the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so much of like, oh, this is what we've been told over and over again for years and years and years. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. We, sort of, but also it's been different. Like, mm. because before we had the new stadium, we were always told we need the new stadium. Yep. And, but when we get the new stadium, that will start putting us on a level where we can actually compete mm. more financially with these sort of big clubs. Yep. Then you've got the cheaters of Man City and Chelsea mm-hmm. entering their, you know, uh, it's like they've started FIFA and gone unlimited funds for career mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and put that in. And it's like, if, and I, I'm not someone who just sits here and looks back on the past and goes, well, what if, what if, what if? Mm. But like if Chelsea Man you sorry, if Chelsea and Man City didn't do what they've done and spend all that money, like I really do think we would have won a title, we would have won some trophies through mm. this period. Mm. But now I sort of see it like, cool, we've got the new stadium. And it seems like this is stuff that we keep repeating. Yeah. But it's like the rhetoric on the other side is constantly just like it seems to just be ignoring all this and mm. And all that, but I just honestly feel it's like we need to have some time here because a few months ago, like, or even at the start of this season, we were like, Conte is a manager who would never end up at Spurs. Yeah. And then instead of us being like, wow, we've actually got Conte in, mm. that was that's great that we managed to get him in. Mm. Um, it's never like applauding the club for managing to get Conte over the mm. line. Mm. It's always like, well, you went for Nuno and then that stuffed up and yeah. then and then this, that, and everything else. And it's like, it is so twisted. Like you said, it's like anti-journalism and the stuff we're talking about, but it is because it's like there, there was this narrative of like Conte, you know, we're not matching his demand. So he refuses to, um, he f- refuses to join us. But yeah. then you hear from Conte saying like, nah, I'm, I'm not really ready to go to another club yet. Mm. Um, so it's like, we're never, ever going to find out the, the full sort of reasons behind all these things. And yeah. we need to stop acting like we know everything that's happening and that it's always the, why does it always have to be the negative version of that? Yeah. Why can't we, if we don't know something, it could possibly be the positive. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. How, you know, is the uh, positive more unlikely than the negative side? Well, A, you've got no basis to draw on. So uh, no, you have to treat them as 50, 50 because you, as much past evidence as you might have about, Oh, Spurs, blah, blah, blah. We do this. We do that. Like, A, that's coming through a filter of journalists that want clicks uh, because that is their job. Yeah. Um, and B, 
I don't have a B. It's just, <laughs> it's just like, it's all A. It's, it's all, all A. It's like, well, we don't really know. Like, how many times post something being like thought of as fact for years does it then? It's like, oh, like, and belly wasn't on crazy wages yeah. when that it was like, what? Like, people have been banging on about this <laughs> for two years. Oh, he wasn't on 200 grand a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was, and it wasn't like, oh, we were wrong. We were reporting <laughs> lies. Yeah. It's like, oh, he actually wasn't on that. So, um, yeah, cool. Anyway, so what? <laughs> what the hell? Like, <laughs> back to our point of view, which will never, ever be like compromised yeah. under any sort of circumstances whatsoever. It's wild. It's it's like, and again to get back on my uh, anti-athletic, uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to. So the athletic put up an article: um, Is Conte telling Spurs players they aren't good enough? Really, the right approach, right? So this is that's the headline, mm-hmm. and these are the quotes they've got from Conte in there. Confidence and pressure is part of our job. Uh, the problem is you can't buy a winning mentality. You transfer it in day by day and it is not sure that day by day because there are players that are more open and they understand the process quickly and other players need more time to understand this. Yep. So far, are you just just wanted to check in. <laughs> Do either of those indicate that Conte is saying that the Spurs players are not good enough? No, I don't get yeah. that. Yeah, great. No. Cool, cool, cool. Um, he added, we are working very hard with the players. The players... There is great commitment, but it's not enough. It is not enough. I repeat, if we want to be competitive, we have to wait and build, right? He's still... I'm still not getting that vibe. Yeah, I'm still not getting that vibe either. (laughs) And then he says, which is sort of the big thesis statement of the article, uh, for me, it's very difficult to talk about fourth place because I'm used to playing for other targets, right? Still not really... He is used to playing for other targets. Yeah. But he's used to playing for higher targets. Yeah. It's better having that quote coming than like, well, not fourth place. I'm not used to that because I'm usually like, I'm, I'm used to like, you know, relegation battles yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. those sort of things. But again, it's not saying these players are not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it has <laughs> this rebuttal. Some players, some of those players, Spurs players, could point out in response that Conte finished fifth in his recent Premier League season. <laughs> what? Why would they? Why would they need to do that? Because he hasn't said anything yeah. at all. Well, let's create something, and then here's the argument the players will make back to him. It's the biggest Sandman in the history of the world. Like, <laughs> it's just so bad. It's bad. Uh, it's really, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, I read an article, and I think it was maybe on Football Three Six Five. I don't know how I end up, but I just end up sometimes. Um, Searching on News Now, Tottenham Hotspur. Let's just see what's like being yeah. thrown around the internet. Mm. And I think as well, because we record this podcast, like we like to know what's being said yeah. um, here, there, everywhere. And there was there was an article on there, which it was going on about, um, you know, now we're seeing, and I know we're going to talk about this in more depth later on, mm. but now we're seeing like, you know, the importance of Dyer and Skip to this team. Mm. But it was saying like how sad and depressing it is that we rely on players like Dyer and Skip. <laughs> and I'm just like, what this is? What do you mean? Like, I think that's it's like so unfair mm. to like, you know, take two players who have played well for us. Yeah, and it's just being like it's so depressing that these are the important players for Spurs right now. Yeah, and it's like how on earth is that depressing? Mm. Like Dyer, someone who, you know, we bought 
a while ago, like at the very start of the Poch reign, mm. um, and we got him in, you know, from Portugal. Obviously, we all know he's English, but, you know, um, we, we bought him from there for not a huge amount of cash. Yeah. Um, Wasn't it five mil? Some, something like that, or yeah. ten, like somewhere. Yeah. But it was not that much at all. Mm. And it's like, you know, we this is a player who there have been numerous stages throughout his first career where we've said, oh, is it time for maybe him to leave, move mm. on? But he's someone who seems to like, he has kind of reinvented himself in a way. Mm. And he's found a really good position for him, like mm. in that central um, position in a back three. And it's like, is that, that's good. That's a good thing. And yeah. it's like, we've got a player here who he clearly loves the club. He's been here for a number of years now. He's like definitely a leader on the field. Mm. And you can see how the team has liked organization when he hasn't been there. Yeah. That that's good. It's yeah. better to have that rather than be like, oh, we need to go out and replace Dyer's role with a f- spending fifty million pounds yep. for for no reason. The same with Skip, a player we bought through the youth system. Like this is a good way to develop players, <laughs> yeah. and it's like he's come into the team and he's playing. He's played really well mm. so far this season overall, and it's like, how is this rhetoric even like? Okay, we're going to talk about how badly Dyer and Skipper missed, but mm. then we're going to turn that into a negative by <laughs> yeah. saying like it's so depressing that they are important players. Mm. Like it's just the, the like the level of journalism and articles that we see written about Spurs, it is just so poor, um, yeah. and it's so kind of like just biased against it because you know all these publications know that like other if other fans of other clubs love to read about Spurs <laughs> suffering. And they see that there is some unrest amongst certain parts of the Spurs community. And then mm. they're like, great, how can we fuel that more mm. by writing these like outrage-based articles? Yep. Um, and rather than actually going like, maybe we can reshape the narrative for a more positive thing here. Mm. And maybe we can actually impact people's like mental health positively in following <laughs> their team. Yeah. Rather than trying to just play it up as much as possible and try and make them feel as bad as they can and as frustrated as they can about their club. Totally. And like I get uh, like with us because we read stuff and we do this podcast, there is – we read a lot of stuff and we also talk about it a lot. And so there is a degree of uh, analysis that goes into it because we both spend the time doing that and we choose to spend the time. Some people uh, don't have the luxury of doing that and being able to spend the time to chat about uh, Tottenham Hotspur and they see something, they go, oh, that's – yeah, isn't that annoying? That's awful because it's written in this really inflammatory way and then that's the way they feel. Yeah. So to me, it always, always, always comes back again, anti-journalist, <laughs> <laughs> always comes back to the journalist. Like I just, I assume they get taught some level of ethics, but obviously it doesn't really uh, apply <laughs> when they write articles. For me, the, the, the die skip thing is because of two reasons. That The reason why that article exists one, because they're both English, even though Dyer, you know, claims he's Portuguese. So that's not glamorous, right? Mm. Um, so that's that's why it's like, oh, got to rely on these two players. Two, neither of them are, and I don't know how to say, like they're not classically, like amazingly handsome footballers. They're not, you know, uh, Paulo Gazzaniga, one of the most attractive men in the world, um, as named by, it was like GQ or something. Oh, is that actually? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was just like your personal take. Oh, no. He got like number two. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. You would just be like fawning over like Paolo oh, no. Gazzaniga. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, oh, who do you think is attractive? I don't know. Brad Pitt's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Paolo Gazzaniga? <laughs> Have you heard of Paolo Gazzaniga? Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, no, no. He literally got like number two or three in some GQ 
Um, oh, great. Yeah. 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 But they're not that, right? Totally. They're just normal looking dudes. Uh, Skip looks like he should be in a Harry Potter film. Um, and so that also makes them not glamorous, right? And they're not like uh, Deli Alley, you know, they've got some kind of like cool <laughs> look about them. They just look pretty like straight up and down. Um, and so therefore it's a real shame we have to rely on them. Despite the fact that A, we got Dyer for 5 million and he, as you said, he's evolved the whole time he's been at Spurs and we've mm. gone through phases of like, mm, is it going to work? And then he's proved uh, us wrong basically. Yeah. And Skip, how rare is it that a player comes through uh, the academy and gets hyped and then you see them and you're like, oh, they're really good. Like, oh, this is the real deal. Yeah. And who gets praise from... You know, when Nuno was manager, the only player that he praised was Skip. Yeah. And then Conte's been super positive. It's like... But even before that, Poch praised him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Jose as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the true. common thread has all been Skip. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. And it's like, look, if Skip came in and was bought for $40 million, mm-hmm. I don't think we'd be having these like, you know, stupid pieces being written. Yeah. About it. Same with Dyer. Because mm-hmm. we go, like, oh, great. Yeah, they're playing like a decent... Uh, a very decent player in the league. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's almost like all this stuff again, it plays into this idea of like, we have to go out and spend heaps and heaps of money on mm. all these players because like City and Chelsea are doing it um, year in, year out and mm. having such a high turnover when they do it. And it's like that, it like it frustrates me that when in a lot of football circles, that has become the norm, mm. that it's like high turnover, a lot of expense, constantly like spending so much money. Yeah. Like we're talking about like billions of pounds, like mm, mm. being spent on players, turning them over, turning them over rather than going, Hey, a club developing a younger player. And even if it's paying off with dialect, you know, six years, seven years later mm. um, or skip who's, you know, still very young coming through. It's like that. We didn't just praise that. Like, that's good. Yeah. That's how this stuff should be happening. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, if you went to any like high street accountant, and said like, hey, I got a business idea. Uh, one, the owners are just going to put in like heaps of cash and like lose it. Mm. Oh, the other one is we'll try and make something sustainable and 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 go that way and not really overspend that way. Yeah. Like they're going to go, well, you have to go for business too. Yeah. There is no way you can do business one. Yeah. Like in other industries, there's probably like some illegality <laughs> yeah. about that sort of mm. stuff. Mm. But it just like this is the stuff that sort of really annoys me when like Spurs are compared to these other clubs and they're compared in an unfashionable way for developing a young player yeah. as opposed to going out and buying Grealish for a hundred million. Yeah. It's mental. I mean, can you imagine, and I don't know if I've said this on the pod before, or I've just been yelling it at my Chelsea supporting friends, but if Spurs signed Timo Werner for 50 million pounds and he has played how he's played, which is bad and not scored goals and looked completely lost. Can you imagine a world where Spurs were like, it's okay. It's not that big a loss. Cause we'll just go buy Lukaku for a hundred million pounds the next season. Yeah. Like what? That is bananas. That, that is like, if you want to talk about uh unlevel playing field, like that is the perfect example where it's like, Definitely. and they didn't have to sell him. He's still there. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Like, how can you, it, it, like, to me just, and I guess maybe this would be different if I was a supporter, but just dampens the success because it's like, well, us and City are blowing money, you know, constantly and other teams, even United aren't blowing that kind of money and 
It's like, yeah, and we're the best. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, I wonder why. Like, what? Definitely. And, and the thing that always gets put into these arguments is it's so selective, the comparisons that are made. Yeah. So we get like, you know, comparisons of, well, did you know that Riyad Mahrez cost less than oh, Gavin Sanchez? Yeah. And all this sort of stuff. And you're like, hang on. If you're going to go down this path and go into that, it's like you need to go and do a breakdown of all the players that sort of City have bought, mm-hmm. Chelsea bought, any of these clubs have bought that haven't worked out. Yep. And there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You also then can't just go, we've, we've, you know, um, we've lost or we're losing money on Lachelso and Ndombele, but without going, but hang on, Dai was pretty cheap. Like Ali was pretty cheap. Mm. Delhi when we got him. Uh, Son was pretty cheap Oh yeah, as well. You have to look at both sides of it and go, look, no transfers are really guaranteed. Mm. Even these huge ones like Lukaku for a hundred million. Yeah. Not a guarantee. He hasn't, I don't think you'd say he's been a success so far. No. And it's like, again, this is not just defending like Spurs transfer activity blindly because there have been issues. Like we, we, it would have been nice to have some more success stories oh, yeah. than, uh, and more hits than misses. Mm. But it's just like when these things are spoken about, it's like we're the only club in the universe that is like <laughs> yeah. made mistakes in the transfer market mm. and we just ignore all the things that have gone well. And it's like <laughs> if we're going to get into these sort of debates, we need to have a more balanced conversation about it and we can't just be so selective over like, you know, <laughs> comparing, oh, Sergio Aguero cost this much, but then Ndombele was this. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's just – that to me is the craziest aspect of this because it's like there are just fans out there finding anything to get angry about now. And, I, and I'm just like, why? Like, mm. what do you gain from that? How does that enrich your life? Like, it, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it makes you miserable. Like, that is such a perfect example of, um, I think the term is cherry picking in academia where you just go, okay, I get, I've got this, this data and this data and I'm picking them so that it looks like this data is uh, higher than th- than this other data that I've got, right? Yep. If you get caught doing that, you risk being kicked out of yep. of your university, having a sanction put on you, and never being wor- like never being hired as an academic again. Totally. But of course, these regulations don't exist on Twitter, and so <laughs> <laughs> and so you get these things where it's like Spurs fail your signing against a really good deal. <laughs> Spurs fail your signing against another really good deal. But also, we're not even comparing, like, is it like, were they transferred in the same year? What was the transfer uh, value at, in that particular window? Yeah. What, what were players going for? Um, what, what If they were in different years, have we adjusted for inflation? Like, what are all, there's so many factors. And also, I was just going to say, what, did it look like a good transfer at the time? Yeah. Because when we signed a Dombele... That was like, unreal. wow, what a coup. Yeah. <laughs> We've beaten all these big clubs in Europe Absolutely. to get in Dombele. Yeah. So that has to be factored into it too. Mm. Totally. And you can't retrospectively judge transfers when at the time it's like great transfer because A, you don't know how it's going to turn out and the turnaround and be like actually really bad. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, yeah, it, it, you know, it didn't work out very well. But like, it's like the power of hindsight basically is what I'm getting to. Well, I guess what other aspects in life do we have complete guarantees? And it's not many things. Uh, me scoring in futsal. Uh, you did, yep. yep. I need to score a great goal tonight. Yep, yep, yep. Every uh, game, every game. Well, not quite. Uh, okay, uh, one game I haven't scored. Well, okay. Yep. Three well, out of four. One to two. Pretty good. No, no what? Well, three to four. 
Yeah. Three out of four, I think. Anyway. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a lot of things are not guaranteed and it's yeah. like we um, we seem to have a lot more acceptance for that in sort of other areas of our lives. Yeah. But in football, it's like it seems like Spurs fans, we've reached such a breaking point now that it's like we want surefire things, we want guarantees, mm. all that. And it's like like when I say we, I don't mean me personally. <laughs> yeah. But I mean like that's just what sort of um, – Seems to happen from the fan base. But at the same time, I've got to look at it and go, where am I taking my sample of this fan base from? Yeah. And most of it are the people who are voicing opinions online. Mm. And it's like, there are probably a lot of people who aren't voicing opinions online and are pretty happy yep. <laughs> with how things yeah, are going. Totally. Because it's like, you know, when you, when you see reviews for a restaurant, mm. it's like the reviews are either people who absolutely love it mm. or people who hate it yeah. and had the worst experience ever. Yeah. The people who are like, yeah, this is okay. They're not going to go, you know what? Uh, Sorry, honey, I'll be in bed in a second. Just need to write some okay reviews <laughs> yeah, tonight yeah. online and get my get my opinion out there that I'm pretty happy, but things will be better, but I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I'm just trying to set the median yeah. on <laughs> zomato.com. You know, it's very extreme there. Like, what? yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, to feel the need to post is already uh, reveals a lot. Like, you know. Definitely, which, I mean, brings us to another point that, like I've really stopped trying to use Twitter at all, mm. and uh, we have set up a Discord. We have set up which a Discord. Discord.gg/slash a bit spursy, mm-hmm. uh, which we're we're trying to make it a place where, you know, we discuss opinions and like it, you you don't just have to have a certain opinion to be on there, but you know we sort of like having you know just balanced conversations about these things yep. without sort of resulting to like outrage on every single point. Totally, uh, it's about learning. Uh, <laughs> it's about you know if you disagree with someone. Then being like, oh, well, why do you think that? Because guess what? None of us work at the club, so <laughs> we don't know. So it's always good to hear from other people when they are, uh, when you are both calm, I should say, and um, they have a well-formulated argument or well-formulated idea of, of where they're coming from. Definitely. And you don't even have to end up agreeing with them. No. But at least it's like, you know, you're just talking in a very comfortable manner mm, mm. and, you know, not sort of adding to the the fury and the frustration, which then I think it's just this snowball effect that mm. it means that if you're feeling so angry and frustrated about, say, the Southampton loss, yep. you then go into the next game going, we have to win, we have to win. Oh, my gosh, if we lose a second in a row, it's the end of the world. Mm. Oh, my gosh, we got to beat Wolves. We have to beat Wolves. I can't take it if we don't beat Wolves. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it just keeps going and it keeps keeps building. Mm. And it's like uh, to me as a fan, like you've just got to sort of step away from it and like break that cycle and mm. and actually find things that you can enjoy about the club and what's happening and, and watching games and experience that because as much as we love football, like it's not worth getting like mm. – you know, so pissed off all the time um, about that. And it's like, and, and that's not saying that we're not invested in it because we watch every game. We stay up in the middle of the night. Yep. We watch games at 3 a.m. Mm. We do a podcast every week talking about Spurs for a couple of hours. So I'd say overall we're pretty invested mm. <laughs> in yeah. the club, but we can step back and and sort of, you know, have, I think, um, just a healthier sort of um, relationship with it all um, without just getting sucked into these like just stupid debates. Oh, totally. Well, it's like, uh, but I think there's also a space there for being like when I watched um, the Wolves game, I was furious. I was so yeah. annoyed. I was so annoyed. But then the game ended. <laughs> totally, right? totally, totally. And then it's like, well, that game, will, that's it. That game will never happen again. And next, oh boy, we're playing Manchester City. But, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the future, um, there might be good games. 
Um, that we we haven't spoken about either game yet, um, which I reckon we might be avoiding a little bit um, because they both were not good um, yeah, performances. Uh, the Southampton one, I feel less uh, negative about because we didn't play well. They played really well and it was still pretty close. Yeah, and like we did have chances that we didn't score. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's sort of, you know, it's frustrating <laughs> when that happens, like when uh, Reggie gets put through mm. and it's like, like it's a sitter. And we know like, you know, um, um, Fraser Foster yep. uh, is just a giant, mm. uh, it, just this giant tree just planted in the, on the <laughs> six yard box. Yep. But Reggie, you have to score that. Oh yeah. And then you do that and it's like, that was very early on the game as well. And mm. then we have a very different scenario. Exactly. Moving forward. So yeah. again, not playing the whole what if thing, but it's like we had some chances in that game, mm. um, but just sloppy errors <laughs> basically yeah. led to their goals. Yeah. Yeah. Sloppy errors. And that, is, you know, like I'm nervous to make uh, sort of the conceit that as soon as Dyer comes back, everything is going to be rosy and he'll be telling them what to do. The other thing that bothers me about the Dyer thing where it's like, well, they don't have Dyer telling them what to do. I'm like, Lloris is the captain of the team and he's behind them. Like, what is he doing? Mm. All he does is yell, get out, get out. <laughs> I Like, is he? what is he doing? How is he not organising the defence? Um, and maybe that's not something Premier League teams do. And I, uh, just am not aware of that because I only score three out of four, um, goals a, a game in uh, football. <laughs> but you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I well, don't. well I just feel it's like, you know, in the way that we are setting up to play, mm. like that position that Dyer has been playing is such an important position. Yeah. Cause it carries the transitions to the ball, right? Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. And having Romero out as well, and now only sort of coming back in, mm. Um, that's been a big, that's a huge, like from watching like the Brighton game and watching, you know, the, the, these other games the last couple uh, over the last week, like I've just been sitting here going, wow, Romero's good. Yeah. Even though he makes mistakes, everyone's making mistakes, mm. but just looking at him and it's like, like if we had this guy, mm. <laughs> if he wasn't injured, like he is such a, like it's such an aggressive front foot mm. defender, but it's not like he's just getting completely caught out. Like, you know, mm. oh, it's a 50, 50, whether like he is his, you know, success rate in his challenges is so great. Yeah. And it's like having him back. I think it's, that was such a huge loss for us. Mm. And it's like, you know, I, I see maybe we would cope better if Dyer was out, if Romero was out, if we were say a year down the track and like the whole the whole squad was fully down with like what Conte wants and how he wants us to play, even our backup mm. sort of defenders who are coming in. Mm-hmm. But it's like we're still a squad that is like adjusting to <laughs> this and it's going to take time for that. Yep. So it's like I do kind of see – like I do buy into the point of I think when Dyer comes back, I think it will steady the ship a little bit mm. and especially if it's Dyer and Romero. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Like uh, I, I think there'll be an improvement but – you know, like uh, everything in the Spurs discourse at the moment, everyone's going into absolute histrionics about it. And what will happen is he'll come back and be good, but he won't be the greatest centre back of all time. Exactly. Yeah, and definitely. then it will be like, Dyer came back and he's not even good. It's like, uh, <laughs> well, you built that up in your own mind. And yeah, now definitely. you are disappointed because of your own expectations. Um, 
I guess the the big thing out of the Southampton game and and maybe transitioning into the um, Wolves game as well was Sanchez basically like Southampton pressed really well and they also decided that they just Sanchez it's all right we'll just we won't press him yeah and it worked because he cannot progress the ball like he panics when he has it he makes poor passes like he uh, i just i'm so at the end of my tether like with when he gets named on the team shoot i'm like oh great cool there are a few mistakes in this game that um are bound to happen and they're going to happen when i don't expect them and i'm going to get really angry (laughs) yeah yeah and i think like sanchez is someone who in previous games this season, he has had some good games. Oh, he has. Oh, like, totally. Wow, he's incredible. He's incredible. They've probably been a, a, a lot of games where we've had to deal with a lot of crosses mm-hmm. coming in or a lot of long balls and yep. he's sort of challenged on that yep. on that front. But um, yeah, I, I agree. And that's not to just blindly define, but I just mean in the sense of like he just seems so inconsistent and I think overall to me he doesn't seem to be like his base level doesn't seem to be improving over time. Mm. It seems, if anything, to be getting more inconsistent. Yeah. And I like, yeah, like you said, like, you know, Southampton just, they're like, you can have the ball, mate. Yeah. You can have the ball, my friend. Yeah. Um, And it's like, you know, other teams, like the Premier League, it's a good league. Mm. You know, it is the best league in the world. Mm. It is the most, um, you know, and the thing that we always say about the Premier League compared to, you know, Serie A or La Liga or anything else is that like, it's so competitive that, you know, teams in the bottom half can get results over the top teams. Yeah. And they do, like, you know, if we go play a team like Southampton, like, they're not just sitting around twiddling their thumbs for a week waiting for the Spurs game. Mm. They're going, okay, where are the weaknesses here? Mm. How can we expose them? Yeah. Who are we going to target? We've seen other teams target um, Emerson. I think yep. maybe it was Leicester, possibly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. in sort of recently, we've seen teams go, cool, we're going to target that player. Uh, <laughs> and... Like, that's what they're going to do. Like, these mm. teams are smart. Even if we think their other managers are stupid, they're not. Yeah. Right? They're at the top level. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So they're going to find ways to try and exploit us. And all the best teams are trying to constantly do that mm. um, to each other. Yeah. So it's going to happen that, you know, we're going to, like, teams are going to start picking on our players mm. that are not that have these sort of big flaws. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you say Romero obviously has some flaws, but yeah. not as glaring as, you know, Sanchez's. Mm. So... Romero playing instead of Sanchez. Suddenly a team can't go for that then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it takes it out. The, as you said, the other one, uh, Royal, who had an absolute shocker against Southampton, was sort of arguably uh, involved or, or responsible <laughs> for the, the, the two of their three goals um, and was just like completely in no man's land for, I think it was both. Crosses like, yeah, I think the issue is <laughs> unlike the uh, whoever the hell we had for the Brighton game who was like, um, Real is uh, fantastic going forward, but he needs to work on that defensive stuff. <laughs> it's the opposite, right? Like, he's not great going forward, he's meant to be good defensively, however, he's not good defensively, uh, over these last two games. And he's had good, like, he was great against Brighton, but in these last two games, he's been awful. Mm. Um, so awful that, oh, no, sorry, no. Awful against Southampton, didn't play against Wolves until he came on. But the most frustrating thing is it's like, all right, Doherty, it's your old team. 
you're getting the chance here. Take it. And it's like... <laughs> just I can't... Like, what happened? <laughs> like, because he was good at Wolves. Like, I still am so baffled. And now that we've swapped to a system with wingbacks, whether it was like, oh, under Jose, we bought him in. He's playing as a, as a fullback. He should be a wingback. That's a... But now we are doing that and it's like, uh, he's been a little bit better, but, you know, nothing that is going to keep anyone out of that position. Well, I think, like, Doherty, why he's come back into the fray a little bit was, like, he played really well against Leicester. Mm. Um, and when he came on in that game and it was like, oh, and he actually was like, all right, well, he's doing really well. Yep. Um, but I feel like it was probably more of a case of just everything clicked for him because it's like when he runs like he's not th- that dynamic with what he does he's very predictable like i want to say like yeah he telegraphs things yep. he's not very quick on the turn any nope. of those sort of things so he's kind of easy to defend if someone's really sort of switched on mm. um and yeah then it's like okay maybe lester game was like a the exception not the rule now yeah like it's not like he's coming back and he's all right he's great all of a sudden <laughs> yeah um but yeah, it's like we know that now, you know, there are sort of issues at right, at right wing back. Mm. Um, I would love to see, and this is possibly controversial, but I would love to see, especially with Romero back in, because then it's like Romero's going to play on the right in that back three, which then means I think it shores up that sort of side a bit more defensively. Yep. Like I would love to see Lucas played oh. at right wing back. And it's yeah. like, we can argue and go, look, he hasn't been that great as like, um, you know, a wide winger or a wide forward. Um, he's been a lot better sort of driving through the middle mm. and doing that. But it's like, I do agree in the attacking sense on that part, but I honestly think he could do a really good job at right wing back because he's also got such a good leap on him mm. that he would he would have challenged for that those two headers yep. that Royal was nowhere near. Mm. And it means as well, we know that he's going to be much, much better going forward mm. than um, either Royal or Doherty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have been waiting for that to happen the whole time that Conte <laughs> uh, has been in charge and it hasn't happened and I'm so annoyed about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that to mention Lucas is great because it brings into that side where it's uh, right centre back is Sanchez and then we've got right wing back uh, Royale or Doherty and then Winks is on that side and then Lucas is uh, in the sort of right wing, right forward role yeah. is like a black hole. And <laughs> teams attack that way because they know that that side is weak uh, or weaker than the left-hand side. Um, and, you know, some of the – we might talk about this later but I want to drop it now. A lot of the um, – Criticism of uh, Hoybier from the Southampton game was like, oh, he's terrible, blah, blah, blah. He <laughs> had to do so much work covering for Harry Winks defensively where he's trying mm. to cover his own position and Harry Winks's. And Harry's doing, like, again, to as you said about uh, Doherty with uh, returning the rule versus the exception, like, it seems like we had good Harry Winks for a bit those were the, he we're back to where he was yeah. like absolutely i mean obviously he's a premier league footballer really good but atrocious <laughs> um in both games like he was better in the second half against wolves but like he i don't understand what happens like how can you go through an academy and be that bad at defending like it's shocking yeah. 
But then, I mean, Conte comes out and says that um, Wings played really well. Yeah, right. Well, me and Conte are going to have to have <laughs> about that. And I'm not saying, but like, I guess like I, I don't know exactly what Conte is wanting Harry to do yeah. and what his specific instructions are. Well, it must not be defending. Yeah, it must not be defending. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I feel like Conte is obviously seeing some positive there to then mm. come out and go, you know, there were some uh, things that didn't go right that game, but you know, the central midfield was great with Benton Kerr and Winks. Mm. And it's like, um, okay. And this is talking about the, um, the Wolves game. Yeah. Um, but it's like, uh, okay. Okay. Antonio, I guess you, there's something they're doing that we haven't realized yet mm. <laughs> mm. as to exactly what that is. But yeah. I do kind of agree with like when everyone's fit, um, especially now that we've got Benton Kerr in as well. Yeah. I can't really see a place for Harry Winks starting in that midfield. Mm, mm. Like, I, I, like, who is he going to, like, he's not going to go ahead of, Benton Kerr, especially in the Wolves, like, he looked oh, really great. So good. Um, and he's so, like, so silky. Yeah. And, oh my goodness, just absolute, the source he puts on his passes. Yeah. Like, he is a player that, like, I don't actually really care at the end of the day how good he ends up being because he's just so nice to watch. So good to watch. And so classy. Yeah. And so it's like he, as his fitness gets built up, he has to be starting because For sure. we've seen he's got a really good pass on him. Mm-hmm. He's really comfortable on possession uh, in possession. Yep. The thing that he also does, which is so great, is you'll see him constantly put his hands out as like doing that like calm motion to everyone else. Yeah. It's like calm it down, calm it down. It's cool. So, I mean, he... We often talk about like needing a press resistant midfielder, mm. and that really looks like Benton Curry is just sort of built for that. Yeah, it's, so, it's Winks is going to take his spot. Yeah, exactly. Forward. So if Endebelli is the false dawn, this is the true coming of the uh, second coming of uh, Dembele, <laughs> where we've got. I think so. He looks so good, like, and it's again, it's the same feeling at the moment as Winks, uh, not Winks, uh, as Skip. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, this guy's, you know, you know, when you watch, you're like, oh, this, this is it. Like, I can see it. Yeah. Um, with, you know, as you said, the calming down actions and the way he plays uh, his passes and the calmness on the ball and his ability to, re- you know, like re- recover the ball. Like, he looks phenomenal. I was very surprised that Wink started ahead of um, Pierre. And it makes me think that they're either he's just being rested and it's an absolutely like non-story yeah. or it's Conte being like, oh, Benton Kerr's here and he's playing and I'm playing Harry <laughs> Winks. So Pierre, what do you, um, but also I, that sounds very Mourinho. So I, uh, you know. Well, and also I think, you know, Hoybier has missed one game. Like, yeah, exactly. This season or yeah. something. Like he's played just about more than anyone else. So, yeah. Um, and I also think that like the leadership that we get from Hoybier Mm. as well and then not to go back to Dyer but yeah. I think like when we talk about like really solid teams they always have a really like reliable commanding spine mm. um, especially through center back into like you know the holding midfielder yep. and into that role so it's like you look at like Liverpool like you've got Van Dyke, you've got Henderson like yep. and I know they've got another, a lot of other great players around them mm-hmm. for example but um, you know teams have really solid sort of and strong leaders in those positions because we know that if we have like, I don't know, Benton Kerr, I don't really know much about his leadership ability mm-hmm. yet. He could sort of um, display that and might be able to do that too. Mm. Uh, given that he is trying to calm everyone down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's in good. There. 
Uh, so that's a good sign. But like Pierre in there is someone who is, he's always gone after it. And he's like, you can see that he really like, you know, gets in other players' faces and, mm. and does that die. You can always see he's always screaming at other people. Mm. And like, I just feel when we get those two back and for me now, I'm really torn on like the, the central midfield. But I think that if we're playing two in there, I think Benton Kerr winks, Hoybier, we can kind of rotate through and like the one who isn't starting comes on at some stage in the mm. game and certain teams we're going to go, it's going to be better to have Bentaker and Skip. Mm. Other teams are going to be better to have like Bentaker and Hoybier. Like yep. uh, other teams we might go, let's try and shut it all down and play three in there and give all three of them mm. a go in there in a similar way to how we played against Leicester mm. Mm. Um, where sort of Skip and Hoybier were like pressing on a lot more and had a bit more free roll. But like, yeah, that, like there's just so many pieces that we're trying to like put together mm. in this team. And we're really going to need like a consistent run of having everyone fit um, to really then start getting a better idea of where we're actually sitting than now. Totally. I still can't, and I know they go on about this on the extra inch a lot, but I agree with them. The, um, okay, so the 343 three to me is, it's like the idea... Sure, but for our squad, the uh, five three is it five three two? Am I stepping that up? Three five two. Three five two. Yeah, three five two. But also, but it's also the same. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It just depends on where you put the players on the pitch and if we're in possession with the ball or not. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Where Sky Sports draws them <laughs> on yeah, their little exactly. thing. Um, like so in position, th- in possession, three five two. Yeah, sure. Like that. Work like. If we do that, Son looks has looked better when we've done it. Uh, Kane has, I mean, Kane's sort of come back into form, so he's looked good in either. It means that Lucas has gone off the boil a bit. Um, and then we have three in midfield because we keep on playing two and then getting overrun. Um, I just don't understand why there's this persistence. And I'm going to move into, can I move into my... Conte criticisms. <laughs> Controversial. Yes, but yes, open the door, let us in. Yeah. So, like, obviously, it's Antonio Conte. What do I know? Yeah. But um, to me, it's like <laughs> you're meant to be this, like, tactical mastermind that, um, you know, works with what he's got, but you're persisting with this formation that's not working and maybe there's going to be a greater payoff with it that you can see that I can't. And if that's the case, great. <laughs> I hope that's the case. But to me, it's like so dogmatic and weird um, considering that especially in those two games where it has failed to sort of continue with it. The other thing was taking Paul Ryan Sessegnon off after 20 minutes, right, um, to bring on Kulusevsky. Like I was happy for Kulusevsky to come on. I thought he was pretty good. But why Sessegnon? Like, really? Like, the, the the poor kid has had such a rough time at Spurs. And, like, of all the players on the pitch at that moment, wh- like, in terms of... Like, to me, if I was a manager, I'd be like, you'll come off at any time. It doesn't mean anything. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, one player that would... It would be the most damaging to take him off is probably Sessegnon. Yeah, but I, I, my, am I allowed to re, to to re, uh, rebut a Conte criticism? No. Yes. This, yeah. this, is, this is your tent. I don't want to. Yeah. Mm. I feel like we're in your tent at the back of the showground. Yeah, it's great. But, it's uh, it's an opium den. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like 
Sessegnon was just purely unlucky based on the position he was playing in. Yeah. And given that Ben Davies was playing behind him, who can push out to be a left back, mm. rather than if you were to take off, say, Emerson, mm. I don't think Conte would go, that's fine because we can push um, Sanchez out to be a right back. But it was it was it was Doherty, remember? Oh, sorry, sorry, Do- yeah. Doherty, Doherty. Yeah. Uh, even if it was Doherty, mm. um, I feel like, oh yeah, well, it was Do- okay. So if he takes off Doherty, I don't think then he pushes Sanchez out to be right back. Sure. Yeah. And so, um, that's where I just feel that Sessegnon was just unlucky that the person behind him is supposed to be the more versatile defender mm. in Davies, and I don't think Davies played well, but. Like I think if you're gonna leave Sessignon on, you then probably have to take off someone else, push Sessignon up the field. Because mm. if you're gonna go to that back four, which he wanted to do, like I just can't see him in that situation taking off, say, Davies instead. Yeah. yeah. So uh with all my wisdom, this is what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> I would have uh kept Sessignon on, moved uh Davies if we were gonna go to a four into uh, left left centre back, uh, left Romero in right centre back, kicked off Sanchez and then <laughs> kept Doherty on that right-hand side. Um, but what do I know? So I, I get that. I just feel like I would be nervous going to a Romero and Davies centre back sort of pairing because I, I almost think... You that, like cat and dog? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, but I think like Davies... I honestly don't think Davies is a good centre-back in a two. No, he's not. I right. think that he's okay in a three. Mm-hmm. And he's played well in a three, but he's also played some games where he doesn't look as great in a three. Mm-hmm. But I think he's better in a three than he is in a two. Yep. And, like, I I don't – like, I would have loved to see Sessignon stay on, but I guess I mean I also just see, like, in terms of shape, I'm not surprised that it was Sessignon who had to take the fall yep. in that scenario. I just wonder if, like, you know, Sessignon still seems a player that we don't really know where his real strengths are. Yeah. Like, is he, you know, he's kind of been, like, a more attacking player who's sort of been pushed a bit further back now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, might he offer us more if he was just flat out attacking and didn't have that d- defensive responsibility? Mm. And he's someone that we could use. It might still be more of a rotation, mm. but, you know, not someone who has to sort of play back. Like, he could... I don't know. Like I'd, I'd like to see him maybe chuck him in at left wing for yeah. a game, see how he does there. Mm. Um, I, I quite like Sessignon. I just, but you know, he just seems to he hasn't had much game time really. Oh, totally. I mean, and also that year of signings is so cursed. Yeah. So he is continuing that curse of like who knows? <laughs> well, he hasn't really been consistently good at all. He's the last one to remain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, on that with. I was, you know, like happy for Lo Celso and Enobelli to go on loan. There's been so much uh, complaining or uh, reporting around um, like, well, Enobelli's gone to uh, Leon now and guess look, they had a great game. Lo Celso's gone and now he's really good. Like, A, <laughs> we all know these legs are different. And um, regardless of the opposition that they played, uh, they might have slotted into a role that really suited them. Like, who knows? You can't then after a couple of games be like, blah, 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 you know, whatever you want to say. But <laughs> but having watched Harry Winks in these two games, I'm like, either of them would have been better. 
<laughs> I just love, I would love if we could just put together like your Harry Winks timeline from going like fire him into the sun to like, no, he's really great. I'm going to get a shirt with Harry Winks on it to now back to being like, actually, no, fire him into the sun with the shirt that I bought with his name. Oh, on I wish I could do it. <laughs> I want to write to Spurs and be like, give me my money back. <laughs> I want a Benton Kerr shirt. Um, What's your refund policy on this? Yeah. <laughs> 70 days and a couple of wears? That's yeah, fine, yeah, isn't That's it? fine, right? I've worn it. I've worn it uh, and I've sweated a lot. Um well, it's just gone back to being ironic now, so that's that's fine. <laughs> it works either way for you. Yeah, it, it works matter. either way. Whatever your opinion changes to, like yeah, I still fine. I still maintain if he plays fantastically against Manchester City, that's great. Like I'm still, yeah. it's not like I I hate him, <laughs> and anything he does will never impress me. But I just also like want to be realistic <laughs> in how he performs. Like I'm not going to defend uh, or, or praise him. Yeah, when he's been terrible, which he has been terrible. So, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been good. Um, But I think what are we looking at? I believe Skip is not back for the city game. Mm -hmm. Dyer is apparently back. Thank God. Um, But (laughs) it'll be interesting to see what midfield we start with. Mm. And like, I wonder if I still feel like there's so much there's so much chopping and changing from Conte. Mm. Um, and like, we've heard a lot of like that he, he will want to eventually go to this three, five, two. Yeah. Um, but then Do it, we <laughs> are seeing signs that it's like, there is some resistance to doing that. And I don't know if he's trying to sort of, he doesn't think we're there yet. So he's trying to go this other formation and play with wingers. Like I wouldn't understand if we had a son equivalent on the right. Yeah. Like if we're like, if you've got like Liverpool, the forward mm. line, if you've got Sa- sorry, Mane and um, uh, Salah. Yep. Um, and it's like, okay, cool. You have a, you are playing three up front. Mm. Like there's no way you're not doing that. Yeah. But it's like, we've got Son, yeah. who to me is like on the, that sort of level mm. um, or just thereabouts. Yep. Um, but then we don't have, it's, it's, it's not balanced because like Lucas is not, good enough to play on that right wing position. No. Um, Kulisevsky, we still don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think it's ridiculous. Oh, the people yeah. who are caught like complaining about how slow he is and writing him <laughs> off already. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> you've never, ever seen Kulisevsky play in Serie A. We've never really seen him play in Serie A. Like well, yeah. apart from some like highlight clips, but we've spoken to two experts in the last few weeks in Serie A <laughs> yeah. and they have both gone on about how good a player Kulisevsky is. Yeah. So, we need to give the guy some time oh. and it's just unlucky for him that the two games he's <laughs> come into, <laughs> the team has been playing horrendously. Yeah, yeah. So we need a little bit more patience there. Um, but like, I, I, I don't see him necessarily as playing wide, right. Mm. Um, but again, I really, I really don't know what Conte is planning. Well, I mean, Conte did say he could play at right wing back. So we might see that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean that the Kulisevsky stuff is the perfect encapsulation of, uh, Twitter madness of writing him off after one game where he played for 20 minutes and it was like, he's slow, he's terrible. We signed a dud. Of course he came to Spurs cause he's a reject of Juventus. It's like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> what? Like, so it's 20 minutes, like just yeah. chill. And let it. Son was crap for a, well, not crap, but he was pretty average for a year. 
Like, and now look at him. Oh, there's so many players. Like, Modric in his first season was not great. And it took him, like, three quarters of that season, maybe, to start actually being comfortable being like, oh, yeah. there's actually a player here. Yeah. And then you get to season two and you're like, oh, there's a player here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and like you said with Son, same thing. Mm. And the other thing we've got to add into this too is, like, you know, sometimes when you get into this argument – Play, you know, people will come back with like, well, you know what, Thiago Silva slotted him to Chelsea pretty oh, well. Yeah. And it's like the dude's 36. Like yeah. he's he's got a lot of experience. Mm. He's used to doing that. Yeah. Kulisevsky is what, 21? Yeah. Like he's a young kid mm. <laughs> and he's just moving countries. Yeah. Like, I don't know, when I move house, even to a suburb, a few suburbs away from where I am, yeah. it takes me months to get set up yeah, and exactly. feel like yeah. comfortable again. and like, oh, cool. Yeah, now I know where the local shop is. Now I know exactly. where this is. Now I know the, the my transport paths around the city from here. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and that's in a place that I've lived in my whole life, like yeah. the town. So <laughs> this is someone who, you know, they come across, they, they, they haven't been here like less than a month. Yeah, and we're suddenly expecting them to like just have everything together and be going a hundred miles an hour. Mm. And realistically, young players, a lot of them don't do that. No, no, because it's guess what? And uh, this is going to be shocking. So you might have to beat this. It's hard to move countries. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to move from one side of Australia to the other, let alone a country from another country where you're not even from the country that you're from. <laughs> like what? Like just. <laughs> they're people yeah. <laughs> just chill it might it might turn out really well it might not like but you have definitely. no control over that <laughs> like definitely yeah. and i think it's almost because benton kerr has started and seems really good mm. and we've got this situation where we have benton kerr and kulisevsky coming across in the same deal mm. and we're expecting kulisevsky to be the superstar and benton kerr like oh, Okay, he's maybe okay. Yeah. Because Benteke has started a lot, you know, better. Yeah. Um, he's also, you know, what, five years older than him or so? Mm. Uh, I think he's like 25-ish, yeah. 26. Yep. Um, he's got more experience. <laughs> yeah. He's also playing in a position where I think like, you know, him being calm and just coming and slotting into the team is, it's probably like, you know, the, it's definitely the Premier League's played at a higher pace than what he's used to. Yeah. But he's, his qualities have been able to really sort of shine from there. Mm. Well, Kulisevsky is someone who's supposed to get on the ball and like attack and drive it defend. Like he's, he's playing with a forward line. Like it's, he's a young player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same thing. He's a young player, but I feel like maybe that frustration is coming there because people were expecting him to be better than Benteke and Benteke started well. And yep. Kulisevsky, oh, he didn't make that run as fast as I would have liked. <laughs> yeah. And so then it, we just lump him in as being rubbish and a waste of a signing. And it is completely ridiculous. Like we also don't know, like Benton Kerr, there, were, there is the idea that we paid a, well, part of his fee was paid on, do I think... I want to say Boca, but I don't know if it was from if it was from Boca. Mm-hmm. But there was like a high percentage of his transfer fee Juventus had to pay on. Mm-hmm. So therefore, maybe Bentenko's price was reduced, Kulisevsky's price was increased a little bit. Yeah. So Juventus could avoid paying as big a sell-on fee. Yeah. Maybe maybe Bentenko was the superstar out of the two. But regardless, we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Also, Bentenko at the last World Cup, I don't know if you've seen uh, clips. Pretty good. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's just because uh, the Premier League is like the America of football leagues where it's like, this is the greatest and the best place. And (laughs) who cares about the other ones? And so we don't like, you know, and I'm guilty of this, 
of not watching the other leagues because I'm like, Premier League better. Um, <laughs> so I didn't really know that much about uh, either player. And so, but what that means is that I can't judge them <laughs> on, you know, like a combined oh, 20, 40, um, uh, 130, uh, maybe, uh, like what, 200 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for Spurs combined. Like I'm just not going to do that because that is insane. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's, cra- and it's like we don't know. Mm. And it's fine not to know. We have to be okay with not knowing things. Oh, yeah. Like as fans, we don't have to know everything straight away. Mm-hmm. And like it doesn't mean you're a, an, an idiot if you don't know things straight away. Yeah. Like it's okay to sit back and go, you know what? I don't have a full opinion on this yet. Mm. I need more time to actually see what's going on. Or to go, hey, I'm going to defer to someone who knows more about this than I do. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and go from there. And again, we get into... Oh, Kulusevsky's slow. We did back Conte. It's like, (laughs) Conte wanted Kulusevsky at Inter. Stop Mm. it. (laughs) Stop it. He's got the player he wanted, Mm. right? It's it's, it's not this conspiracy that we're sort of holding Conte back at every sort of turn. Oh, totally. Can you, do you think that Antonio Conte, if he didn't want Kulusevsky or Benton Kerr, do you think that either of them would now have played two games? Well, in the sense that they've come on, you know? No. Of course they wouldn't, because he would just be like, no, I don't want them. Too bad. I'm not playing them. You wasted the money. Which is what he did with Ndombele and Lachelso and, yeah, exactly. and even Delhi. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the idea that he, that he he's like being forced into playing them, like he just, uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Because it's like, and we go, oh, we're short now. And we feel it's like, no, like we got rid of players who Conte did not want and did mm. not want to play yep. and didn't want them around the club and in the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. we need to learn, like, it's going to take time and mm-hmm. we need to be fine with that. Yep. And we're going to have some games that don't go well, but, you know, let's try and look at some positives from that. Bentico's looking really good. He's like some beautiful through balls. Oh, yeah. from like And those deep through balls. Oh, so, so great. So good. So, Yeah. <laughs> Let's just all chill out about the results. We know we've got City coming up, Mm -hmm. but it would be very classic Spurs for us to have played horrendously these last two games Mm. and then come out and at least give City a run for their money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would be more nervous if we had killed it the last two games because that means Dr. Tottenham's coming to town Yeah. and and we're going to (laughs) absolutely shit the bed. So I was just going to say as well, just also given that we beat City at the start of the season, Mm. we can lose this game. And that's still good to win one, lose one against City. Oh, yeah, that's great. So that's, that's great. fine. Yeah, yeah. But also I want Antonio Conte to punch Pep in the face. Oh, I would love that so much. Oh, God, that would be good. I just mean, it's not the end of the world if we yeah. lose to City away. Away, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're running away with the league. Like mm. it's fine. In some ways there's no pressure on this game. There's none. Yeah. We should go there and be thumped. Yeah. Totally. So as long as we just don't get like embarrassed 6-0 or something. mm uh, we could lose respectively 3-0. Yeah. And then we're fine. Yeah. 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 Just add it to our other 3-0s. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing we need to do is the a bit Spursy medal. Uh, we do. We do. For Southampton and Wolves. Oh, uh, one, one thing I was, I was just... Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Very quickly. The news about Romero being banned by FIFA. Oh, so good. Which is so good. It feels like... Because when they le- left, and if anyone hasn't caught up on this, it's um, Romero, uh, Lachelso, uh, Martinez, and Lanzini? Yeah, it could be. Uh, I'm not sure. 
anyway, were banned by FIFA for breaking COVID protocols mm-hmm. when they went off to Brazil and started playing that game that then they got chased off the pitch and had to leave the <laughs> yeah. flea country within yeah, like an that, hour. Yep. Um, but they've been banned but for two games, mm. which I'm pretty sure covers the next international break. Woo. So Romero, like LaCelso will be, sorry, LaCelso will be devastated. I reckon he'll go anyway. <laughs> he'll, <laughs> yeah. he'll sneak out. Like yeah. when they were sent that photo on the plane, it was very much like their parents had said to them, you are not going to this party tonight. Mm. And then they've sent them a photo from the, in the cab on the way to the party. You can't stop me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going. We're going. Too bad. Uh, but look, it'll be nice to uh, to sort of have Romero um, around and just like, you know, fit and giving him more time to, um, yeah, <laughs> to sort of uh, to, to work with Conte and really sort of like, but work with Conte when he's able to actually start putting that stuff into practice and he's not like in recovery mode. Yep. Um, Sorry, a bit Spursy middle. Oh, no, that's, yeah, it's a great point. Wasn't there something, there was other, something else you are going to bring up? Uh, oh, in other football-related random news. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's not really important, but it's like um, <laughs> a few days ago, mm. um, there's uh, on Instagram, mm. um, Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. um, who has 402 million Instagram followers. <sighs> Uh, which is crazy. It's, it's yeah. like it's an insane number. Yeah, he never goes on Instagram live or anything, mm. but he went on Instagram live mm. um, for a minute and a half in his sauna, where he's looking at the camera and not reacting, not talking, not doing anything. And then you had people like Rio Ferdinand logged on, and they commented like, "What are you doing, dude?" <laughs> and then after a minute and a half, he just like logged off, and it's like it's just the weirdest thing. What? But it's it, I just it was just a really weird thing that happened. That is bizarre. But like it's so weird as like Ronaldo does that and it becomes like global news everywhere. Yeah. Ronaldo goes on Instagram and is in his sort of for a minute, doesn't say anything, and everywhere reports it. And it's like, well, all right, there we go. Yeah, what is what is that even? So he's just like completely neutral face. He's in the dark even. What? It's really odd. I feel like he maybe didn't know how to use Instagram. It seemed like a thing that like your dad would do who's accidentally logged on to Instagram live. Yeah. And is like at a barbecue and just mm. looking at the phone. Yeah. Trying to work out how to shut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. But I guess anything that we can criticize Ronaldo for, we're oh. very happy to do so, so. So actually on that, on Ronaldo criticism, I had the pleasure of watching the Manchester United game at one of the worst bars I've ever been to. Uh, it's a bar in here in Melbourne. Am I allowed to name like? Is that defamation? <laughs> I don't. Is I it don't a review? So. This is just my review. Um, also, I, I thought you said the worst bath you've ever been. In. I was in the worst <laughs> bath. The water was neither hot nor cold, but it was uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and now I'm going to name the bath. Yes, it was <laughs> my bath in my house. Um, so I went to this bar in Melbourne. It's called Kicks, right? And it's a sports bar. That's what they advertise as. Mm-hmm. A sports bar to watch sport. And you go in there and they're playing like daggy, like daggy for like five years ago music yeah. at like a bazillion decibels. <laughs> it's so loud. The screens are, there's lots of screens. I reckon when we were in there, I went with my housemate who's a Man U supporter. Uh, there were four of us. So me and him, two other people watching the game. In the entire bar. The bar's packed. 
right? People are <laughs> constantly moving in front of the screen. Uh, you couldn't, like, it was very hard to focus because music was so, <laughs> so loud. Um, um, yeah, so it was one of the worst uh, experiences I've ever had um, at any kind of establishment. Um, <laughs> but it was lessened slightly by how bad Manchester United were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they're so bad. <laughs> it's gotten worse. It's worse. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of talk now like about their next manager and is it going to be Poch? Yeah. Is it going to be Ten Hag? Oh, yeah. no, it's probably Poch. Yeah. And that. And it's like, how would you feel if Poch came back to take Man? Like, I would feel, you know, like, I don't think Poch should do it purely because I think it's going into a very, very toxic environment. And mm. I don't like that as a choice for Poch. Yeah. He's already done it with PSG. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I guess he's already sold his soul to the devil then in that sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Why not? Like, but I, I don't think Poch will come back and then suddenly make Matt you click if that was to happen. Of course not. It's going to take him, if he comes in, it's going to take him a year, right? To sort of get, well, or maybe less, maybe he's like streamlined his system, but it's going to take a bit of time. And Menu fans are maybe less patient than Tottenham fans. Um, but also for me, like Manu, from what I've seen this year, are so bad and such a calamity that I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, good on you. Try and fix them up. You won't and it will <laughs> go really badly. But, <laughs> you know, um, especially for Ronaldo's there, that's just like, oh. It would be really interesting, like, if Poch doesn't win i'm pretty sure that psg are now like comfortably in the league for the lead for league on yeah that's my understanding mm -hmm. um but and they're still in champions league but yep. i wonder if it's almost like if they win the league that's not really a big it doesn't mean result anything. yeah but it's kind of like the pressure is on for him to win champions league mm -hmm. so i wonder if he doesn't win champions league maybe he does get sacked anyway yeah and then i i kind of feel like is is the sheen gone off Poch a little bit? Mm -hmm. Because it's like Spurs fans hold him so highly and he did such a great job, obviously, for Spurs. And, yep. um, you know, we we love Poch. Like yep. one day getting Poch back, oh, great. Yeah. But again, like not necessarily pining for it where it's like it has to yeah. happen. But uh, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, if Poch comes back, I can't see him doing, doing a good job at Man U mm. just based on that scenario. And then it's almost like he's he's kind of starting to tarnish his career in a way because like there's some people who kind of blame Poch a bit for not winning things at Spurs. Mm. There's other people who go, it wasn't Poch's fault. It's all the club, blah, blah, blah. We didn't back Poch, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> like, I guess why we're talking about this too is like that, you know, so often the re the rhetoric comes up of like after Conte, we're looking to line up Poch and bring him back yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. It's like, I don't think that's going to be the answer to, <laughs> no. to sort of what's happening. Yeah. Have you seen Graham Potter? He's had a huge glow up. He looks like <laughs> he's uh, a beautiful beard. Beautiful beard. Very style. He looks like he's just come from a GQ cover show. Oh, absolutely. And Paulo Gasnega was there. He spoke to him, gave him some <laughs> tips. Uh, yeah. What a dream. Um, all right. The Bit Spursy Metal. Bit Spursy Metal. Yeah. Okay. So we've got to do Southampton. Um I'm going to be honest, I can't remember a lot from that game. Um, yeah, okay. So, Bits of Metal, Middle, Southampton. I remember some negative votes. Mm. Uh, positives? <laughs> <laughs> Great. 
I don't think there's many. Like, okay, positives. Um, let's work through it. Let's work through it. Here. Okay, cool. Um, like, Son scored. Yep. 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 Positive. Yep. So I'm going to give. I know who I'm going to give three votes to. Okay. Yep. Steven Bergvine, because he came on and delivered exactly what we wanted. A Steven Bergvine goal that was chalked off for stupid offside VAR. Yep. Um, so in I'm Bergy time. In Bergy time. So I'm giving him three for that. Um, in terms of. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And we know it's a quite, well, not a quite game, but we know it's not a strong game when the three points goes to someone scoring an offside goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Um, in terms of uh, other, other players, I'm going to give um, just to resist the Pierre hate because just Google statistics with him compared to other Premier League defensive midfielders. If you are someone that complains about him and you will realise that he's quite good, two, he gets two. <laughs> uh, one goes to um, Lucas because that cross to Sonny was magnifique. Um, encouragement awards. Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm going to give uh, 0.5 to Bendiker and 0.5 to Kulisevsky because well, well done, guys. You got it out there. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give negative 10 to Hassan Hoodle. Um, as I said before, we started recording. He kind of gets like painted up as this uh, likable, emotional guy. I hate him. I always have hated him. I don't understand why there's so much positive press around him. It's bizarre. I don't really. He's been to Southampton a while now. Yeah, I think since 2017. The man's lost like nine two, and <laughs> and he's lost by seven goals, and we rinsed them last. Like, what? Um, yeah. So, death to him. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? What else? Um, I'm going to give negative two to. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I've got any others. Maybe I'll just rest on that negative ten. <laughs> negative ten has the noodle. Okay. Um, great. I'm going to give um, three to Son for mm. scoring. Yep. Um, it wasn't necessarily amazing apart from that, but nice finish. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give two to Harry because I just feel like Harry's starting to play a little bit better again. Yep. Um, not Again, not that he was necessarily incredible in these two games, but he's looking a little bit better. He did play the ball through to Lucas. Mm. Um, and who then crossed it back to Son. So I think he's starting, I don't know, starting to make some moves again. Yep. Um, one I'll give to Lucas. Yep. Uh, for the, for, for his assist. Mm. Um, and encouragement awards. I'll go on to Bettenker, I think. Yep. Uh, negatives. Let's go straight. Like Emerson. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Emerson to me is getting negative 10. Yeah, nice. Which might seem harsh, mm. but I feel like watching those goals back, not 100% his fault, mm. but also kind of 100% his fault. Yeah. Like the way that he did not even challenge for the first of those, which was their second goal, mm. like he's right there mm-hmm. and he just kind of sticks a leg up. Yeah. Like it's how I might defend in futsal. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which is not good. Like it was so poor to not even challenge for it. And yep. then to be so switched off to get done minutes later mm. 
in the same manner. Yeah. So and you could bad. argue that for one of those, Kulisewski should have tracked back more. You could argue that maybe Sanchez could have done something. But like Emerson, like those two moments were just absolutely shocking. Mm. Um, so I'm going to give him a negative 10. Yep. Uh, and I think that's it because like, I could probably keep going and give out more negatives, but we'll... Yeah. Can I just also say, uh, do we miss Serge Aurier yet? <laughs> like he at least, like, sure, he'd do some crazy stuff and uh, he would give away penalties. He would make <laughs> terrible decisions. He would not track back properly. He would be out of position. But occasionally you get the amazing Serge and... In this system, maybe he probably would have been really good. Like, yeah, I kind of feel like if he's even though now we're talking like you know criticizing Emerson for these defensive mistakes, which we don't know if Serge would have necessarily done better with. Mm. Overall, yeah, like Serge Aurier, not a great fullback, mm. pretty handy like wingback. You you could oh, argue, yeah. Um, and so I <laughs> look, yeah. If we still had him, that probably would have been. Would have been great. But again, at the time, I think it was the right move to get rid of him. For sure. But yeah, like yep. it's um, it's so easy to look back and go, that player would be like, well, Trippier would probably be pretty good. <laughs> oh, geez, Gareth Bale would be good in his prime at, uh, yeah. Well, maybe win. he's coming back at the end of the season. Yes, yes. I just saw that Um, uh, who's the manager that shouldn't be the manager? Ancelotti. Yeah. Um, said that uh, he's definitely going in the summer. So... Maybe, yeah, maybe. I want. I would take Bale back. I mean, he was he was great when we had him last season. He took a bit to get going, but then when he got going, he was good. I thought we would just keep him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but nope. But so, but the 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 rumor and it's all rumors. We don't really mm. know. Was that Spurs wanted to keep him on? Yeah. Nuno didn't want him. Oh. But also Spurs, we couldn't agree on like a fee. That yep. Like Madrid, obviously, must have wanted. Mm. I don't know, <laughs> X amount, mm. which was like, hey, he's old and injured, doesn't play that much. We're not giving you that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll just maybe go in for him mm. <laughs> at the end of next year when he's when he's up yeah. for one last contract to bring him home properly. Great. Because uh, I do kind of feel it's a bit weird that we brought him back for one season. He did relatively well mm. um, in the time that he had, but yeah. then it's like we didn't then keep him on. Mm. And so I don't mean I think the clubs made a mistake there, but I feel like there's probably some other factors in play mm. which have meant that we couldn't do that or maybe we couldn't agree for Madrid to keep paying part of his contract and maybe yeah. they thought they'd be able to sell him off somewhere else. Yeah, I don't really know, but I, I'd take him back. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I'm going to give an encouragement vote to Gareth Bale. Hell yeah. Well for maybe, <laughs> maybe coming back at the end of the season. I love you, Gareth Bale. Uh, please come back. <laughs> Uh, you're the best. Um, okay. Wolves. Um, three, it's pretty like Benjamin Kerr was great. Um, he looks like a really good signing and, uh, I feel, uh, excited for the future with him. I double your three. Okay, cool. So six in total for, uh, sweet Benjamin Kerr. Um, two. (laughs) This is where it becomes challenging. Oh God. Um, <laughs> this is good podcasting. Noise. Um, <laughs> I, I get like it's a game where we we did have a couple of chances. Yeah, we did yeah. still, but like I, yeah, there's no one really comes to mind as I guess playing well because for I guess for a lot long part of the game, like you know, Wolves. I mean, we struggled. <laughs> yeah, like we really did struggle to really get too much 
going until actually kind of when it was too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, you know, it's weird. I'm not going to, because we, we, we were kind of close to scoring, but then we also didn't really have a huge amount of clear cut, you know, chances where it's like, oh, well, if we had an extra 10 minutes, we could have won. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We were really, we pushing. were really far down, but yeah. we did get back into the game, but it's almost like the whole team played so poorly in the first half that by the time we started getting some stuff really going together in the second half, it's like no one was really sort of standing out. Mm. Um, apart from like, like we're saying, Betancur, who was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I'm, I'm probably going to give like two to Romero. Yeah, sure. In this, mm-hmm. um, because I think it's like, it's good to see him back and like, you know, just watching him, like he still made some good challenges mm-hmm. and, you know, we ne- we don't need to give out positive votes, but we're looking to. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to give one to my shirt, say Carrie Winks, um, just because of that shot that went off the post. If that gone in, phenomenal. And he meant that one. Like he meant that, which is why it didn't go in. Um, in terms of encouragement awards. Oh, I love like giving one to Harry Winks after just digging him out in a whole segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've got a very kind of love-hate relationship. Yeah. Um, remember when he was nice to yeah. Sheila? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm going to give one because mm. we're doing a bit of a combining thing. Yeah. We've doubled up on... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> who do I even give three points to? Bendika. Bendika. We've yeah. doubled up Bendika. Uh, we've doubled up uh, with... Who do we give two points to? Oh... Uh, Romero. Romero. We've yeah. doubled up there. Yeah. This is, why do we even do this? Apart. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is stupid. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give one to Cessignon. Nice. Because I feel like mm. didn't ju- he was just a victim of circumstance. Yep. And it's never nice to be subbed, but mm. the fans like gave him a nice applause. Like they were like, we get it. You're not you, like, yeah. it's not your fault. Yeah. The team's just playing so badly. Mm. You're a bit like the sacrificial lamb here, unfortunately. Yeah. So I think one to him and, I assume you're probably just going to double that. Yep. Great. Yep. Oh, no, you gave it to Winks. Yeah, but I'm going to give my encouragement to uh, him as well. And then in terms of negatives, I'm going to give uh, negative three to Sanchez. He was horrendous. Negative two to Winks, which destroys my other vote. Um, horrendous. Um, and negative one, I'm going to give to uh, Doherty. Because how... I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm going to give negative five to Hugo. Oh, yeah. Because I think even though he did make some good saves in the second half, mm. like it was diabolical goalkeeping. Diabolical. <laughs> of those goals. Yeah. Like, you know, one, like just coming out and flapping at the ball. Mm. Um, another one, like putting Davies under pressure mm. and then Davies made a meal of that. Yeah. Um, so it was not good all round, but I feel like he has to... He has to take some of the fall as well. Yeah. So I'm going to give negative five to him. Yeah. It just occurred to me, do you know what I feel like the Bit Spursy medal is? Mm. Is that we are like sponsored by a network. Yeah. And they're like, we want you to do X amount of minutes of content every week. Yep. And it's like, we always fall short by 10. Mm-hmm. So we just need to pat it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's turning into a bit of a dirge. It's <laughs> <laughs> Also, I thought uh, when we were recording remotely, that you were taking, you were like, oh, I'm not, we're not take, keeping track, but you were just keeping track yourself, not telling me. But I see, obviously, now in person, you really are not keeping track. No. Uh, and so I'm not sure how we, will we have to go back and listen to all of the episodes? I think, no, we'll just have to like pay an air tasker. Uh, oh. 
<laughs> That's terrible. Well, no. <laughs> no, like, we'll pay them okay. Yeah. But we'll no, be, good. <laughs> like, we'll be like, I don't know, like, how much someone would charge. Like, it's probably not a normal job or task that they would sure. receive. So I don't know who to post and target because, like, if you need I'll some apply. plumbing fixed, you yeah. can go, yeah, you would just do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. But it's like, you know, you need some plumbing done. You go, cool, I need a plumber to do this. Mm. But we're kind of like, we need an analyst. For a pretend award. <laughs> for a pretend award to listen to maybe 30 f- episodes oh. and just listen to the last bit, which really drags on. Yeah. And write down who we voted for. Oh, my God. And put that in a table for oh, us. Oh, God. <laughs> so it can be a nice surprise. Oh, God. Oh, my God. What a terrible... <laughs> What a terrible thing. Look, we're going to have to work out whether this award stays or not. Yeah, but. yeah. Look, if anyone's still listening by this point uh, and you have any opinions on the Abitspursy Medal, whether it should be discontinued, <laughs> uh, whether it should be continued uh, to great effect and moved to the front of the podcast, um, just any ideas about it, please get in touch. Um, we have uh, a Discord. Uh, <laughs> what's the address? Uh, Discord.gg slash Abitspursy. Fantastic. Just hit us up on there. Uh, email, which is uh, hello at abitsbursy.com. Um, you can, uh, is there other ways of contacting? Uh, Patreon. Patre- you can join, join the Patreon, yeah. send us a message through there. My phone number is 04. <laughs> uh, um, uh, never contact me on there. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I guess that's. Well, look, and as we spoke earlier in the pod about like people tend to get in touch and review things when they're irate about something. Yeah. So yeah. we're probably going to get some hate here about. <laughs> Yeah, I hope, not. I hope not. I don't think so. Yeah. There's probably still one fan out there who's like, my favorite bit of the That's podcast. That's the best bit. I, skip, the I medal. skip to it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that one day I'll win the Abitsbursy <laughs> medal. Um, and to you, I hope so too. Uh, any last thoughts? Uh, no, I think, look, we've got Man City next. Yeah. Um, let's try and get into a positive mindset. Yep. For this, where we can go in and look, we're playing, you know, an incredibly well oiled, yeah, well oiled machine. Oiled, oiled, oiled. oiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, we've kind of have nothing to lose here. Yep. We can sort of see maybe a bit more of what ben- Bentenker could do. Mm-hmm. We can see, like, you know, um, hopefully dies back. And yep. then we can see again how that sort of dynamic starts working. Mm. So, I honestly think it's worth watching that game, not going great. A, a positive result here is to get a win, mm. but a positive result is to go cool. Let's actually see how certain players start playing together in certain positions. And if they're, and that is kind of what we're looking for, for this game. And I know I don't want this to be this, you know, sound like we've just got this completely like losing mentality by saying that, mm. but it's like, if we go in and mark our success for this game is winning and that's it then it's going to be a very, very tough yep. challenge. Yep. But I think it's like, yeah, we can really hope to see some more of that source from Bentico. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Kulisevsky gets a bit more um, a bit more time as well and we get to see what he can do on the ball. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, let's, let's look for those sort of positives. Yeah, totally. I might make a um, Manchester City uh, bingo. Uh, <laughs> um, How does that work? So, or like... Every time the commentators say, Conte looks frustrated. Okay, yeah. Um, it's a bingo chip. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about this. Uh, so if it, you want to play the bingo for the game, yeah. uh, join the Discord. You join the Discord. Discord.gg slash a bit spursy. Yeah, there will be a bingo. Um, 
Thank you very much for joining us. If you're still listening, um, I'm Barney. I'm Dan. And come on, you Spurs. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. 